This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that's more Big Mac than Big Macro. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Fools. I like a large plain sundae as well. Would you as well? I, I would like a large plain sundae. <laughs> my favourite McDonald's food. Is it? Food in inverted commas. I, I, I picked you as a McDonald's salad guy. <laughs> I totally didn't. <laughs> On the podcast today, what the hell are we talking about? I'm pretty sure that's a crack at my side. Mate, I don't think anyone buys the salad, (laughs) to be be fair. Um, What are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about macro. What is macro? Big Mac, Big Mac, bro. So, in fact, we're going to muse on macro because macro is this, from an economic standpoint... It's about the food, right? The macro kind of biotic diet. I'm trying to explain it, Mr. Phillips. It it is talking about the very large, the big big picture. The macroeconomic. The macroeconomic landscape. Is it something that matters to investors? And what are the kinds of things that you need to look about? Okay. We're also going to talk a little bit about Get Swift. Oh, no. And I know you don't want to, but I, I want to really badly. Get Swift <laughs> is, a logi- is a software company that does some logistic tracking software. They have gotten a whole bunch of attention and things have gone sort of from great to not so great I very quickly. I should never let you do the intros. This is the problem. <laughs> I set the scene. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Get Swift. Well, you know, right. you know if... if, if if last week's in a, any guide and weeks before that, we'll, we'll say what we're going to talk about and then we'll forget <laughs> half of it anyway. So you never know. You never know your luck. Um, uh, I live in hope. We're going to talk a bit about buy, hold and sell. Yes, uh, this is my one because last week you tried to say something was a hold and a speculative buy at the same time. I was hoping which... you'd forget about that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn it. And? And it's your turn to get on oh. that poor old nag with a broken back. So really it... the second half of the episode is going to be much better than the first half. We'll, well, we'll, let, we'll let the audience be the judge <laughs> of that. So my friend, macro. Yes. Macro, macro, macro. Uh, describe what's going to be a war cry. You know what, what? What is what is macroeconomics? <sighs> macroeconomics is everything. This yeah, is, what this a way to start a podcast. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to make it interesting, despite your your. Okay. This is my challenge for today. Right. Okay. You've set me up beautifully. In fact, I'm going to. Make, you, know, you know why this is particularly impressive? Because I'm asleep right now. <laughs> as this as this goes to it, I'm asleep in the United States oh, somewhere. I see. So okay. so we've pre-recorded this. Fair, mm-hmm. fair warning. If you don't want to listen to the macro, feel free to skip ahead. Um, because it was Andrew's idea and the rest of the podcast is much better. Because the boss is away, the rest of us are at the pub as well. So just, just <laughs> so you something know. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. The macroeconomic situation, if I can call it that, mm-hmm. it's the settings. It's a landscape. It's the conditions under which everything else happens. Unemployment, inflation, Wages, interest rates. Yeah. Australian okay. dollar. Sounds important. It's kind of important. It uh, is yeah, important. Foreign trade. Yeah. Um, overseas you know, consumption. Think about the, the US or the European economies, for example. Yeah. It is the settings. It's the landscape. It's the... It's the background of whatever happens in the physical world when it comes to the economy. And in particular, for the companies that we might invest in on the mm-hmm. ASX or elsewhere, um, the, macroeconomics, the macroeconomic situation is what informs and allows companies to either make profits or not. So if the companies are the furry little critters, the macro environment is the forest. <laughs> Good. <laughs> No? Link, we edit that out later. <laughs> yeah, like, actually, please. That's a terrible Let's analogy. get rid of that. Yeah. Meta- so, okay, so it sounds important. It sounds really important. And it is. It is important. So well, it's important over the very, very long term. Okay. Well, aren't we long-term investors? We are. Okay, so it's important. So hey, let's... Hey, this is your topic, dude. Don't, don't try and make me answer all the questions. <laughs> it's easier that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm the big picture guy. You, 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 you do the true. details. So, all right. So, 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 so I guess, first, first of all, paint me a very quick picture of where we are at macro-wise now. Oh, man, that is the $64 question, right? right? Because we talked last week about PEs, and mm. we talked about the fact, well, you talked about the fact that, and, and well... Again, another compliment because I'm a nice hey, guy. I'm in a better mood today. Yeah, See, because I'm asleep in America right now, I'm in a much better mood. Okay. So, you should, you should so, go to America more often. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you mean that. 
so so here's the thing. Okay. Um, any 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 analysis of the macroeconomic conditions tells where we've been. Mm. Inflation, unemployment, retail spending, all that stuff is looking back. You know, we'll we'll get in the month of March. We'll we'll get probably maybe January's retail sales. We'll mm-hmm. probably get February's unemployment. We'll get. Uh, Late February's consumer confidence. These things are all in the past, right? Yep. So it tells us where we've been. Yep. And to some degree, macroeconomic circumstances don't change too quickly, yep. too dramatically. So knowing where you've been gives you some sense of a broad picture of what the, future, the immediate future might look like. Yeah. So frankly, we're in a pretty bloody good place. Mm. I, I, I'm really, I'll rant about this later, mm. uh, fair warning. I, um, I really don't understand the pessimists who want to try and paint this as a, a horribly bleak, terrible circumstance. Unemployment is five and a half percent. Inflation is low. Interest rates are low. Um, foreign trade is up. The international economy is kicking along. China is doing well. The United States is Could doing well. Could have said well. the same in 2000. Europe is recovering. Yeah, got it, absolutely. And that, and that exactly and is. And in 1999 and in 1986. You said last week you were an optimist at heart. I, I, I I'm, I I'm devil's advocate. I'm so, holding you to an intellectual you account. Me, you asked me where we are, and mm-hmm. the answer is we're in a very, very good position looking backwards. Yep, okay. we, have, we have absolutely nothing to complain about. Any country in the world, almost bar maybe the US these days, mm. would give their eye teeth to be in our situation despite the negativity that goes on. Okay. So, um, okay, that's where we are now. What is your outlook for the future? Oh, mate. Well, so uh, it matters, right? Well, it doesn't really. And this is the, this is the thing, right? So uh, I think it's Phil Lynch. Was it Lynch? Might have been Phil. I don't know. No. going to say. Phil Fisher. Peter Lynch. Okay. Um, who said that um, if you spend 15 minutes thinking about the macro economy, you've wasted at least 12 minutes. Okay. And so, the, frankly, from my investing perspective, I spend very, very, very little time thinking about the macro world and much more time thinking about the companies themselves because it just isn't that much that you should and could take from the macro, A, because it won't impact you too much, and B, because even if you did, trying to guess when the next recession is, how big it's going to be, how long it's going to last, um, how much trouble it's going to cause, we can't know those things. And so if you knew them with perfect foresight, then yes, of course you take them into account. If I knew that the the tourism numbers in Australia in 2023, Mm. I might do something very, very different. If Mm. I knew the recession was coming on the 5th of February 2019, Mm. I'm going to do something very different the day before that. But I don't know these things. You can't know these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly why, frankly, time spent wasted on the macro is literally time spent wasted. I think that's a lot of truth to that. So when when you're investing and you're buying individual companies, you want really, really solid companies. You you don't want the kind of companies that are just sort of the fair weather friends, the ones that only do well when everything is humming along perfectly. But as soon as there's a slight hiccup i mean it's it's that great saying you only find out who's swimming naked when the tide goes out Aye. and you know it, it, it if, if you're investing in something that is only good when the sun is shining you are playing a game of chicken frankly mm-hmm. so I, I think when you've got a very strong company There's and a few you, good metaphors side by side that you, nice. mix, you mix your you mix your metaphors I, I, like to mi- I like to mix it up the sun is shining when the was a headless chooks and then the tide going <laughs> I out and I that's a very weird farm Beach scene so, 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 and, and the, when you have a really high quality company, mm. when the recession comes or when things get, when the storm clouds gather, mm. they will suffer. Yep. Absolutely, they will. But the, the the level of suffering relative is is much less, and they will survive, and they will bounce back bigger and better and stronger. In fact, right. recessions are wonderfully cleansing. Uh, phenomenon for the economy. It gets rid of a lot of the dead wool, yep. uh, wood. Um, you, there's another, another. Uh, there you go. You know, uh, uh, and 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 often these companies emerge far stronger because there's fewer competitors to compete mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, they, they've been able to make acquisitions when things are cheap, consolidate their positions, all of that right. kind of good stuff. It's fantastic. As John Williamson would say, it takes a harsh and cruel drought to sort the weaker saplings out. Oh, it makes room go. for stronger trees. Maybe that's what life's about. Hey, hey you like that? I died. I've never heard that one before. You, you I can, like you that. Can use that. I'm going to tattoo that on my back.
<laughs> no, I'm not. We'll have that live <laughs> on a special video edition of Motley Fool Money next week. <laughs> so, but I would say this though. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We, we can't always agree. Can we and, organise that, Liam? Uh, no. No. Oh. <laughs> no, please That's don't. A shame. Okay. I, I am. I do not handle pain well, my friend. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's the point of the video, dude. Let, let's get it's one of those. Otherwise, let's get. Uh, let's get a draw on tattoo. We can do that. <laughs> So, so what I would say is this: I would say I'm with you, but I am a little bit wrong, less laissez-faire <laughs> than you. Okay. And 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 the reason being is that I, I think it's not something that you want to obsess over. I certainly don't think it's anything you want to try and time and any of that kind of nonsense. But I think it is always something that you want to have in the back of your head that at some things move in cycles. Mm-hmm. The economy certainly moves in a cycle. And I like to, when, as we've talked about repeatedly on this show, when you are looking at a business and trying to come up with some idea of what it's worth, Mm. you're trying to sort of forecast how it's going to earn. And I think the human mind, human nature is, is one where we just like to extrapolate. It's, it's, it's easy to do. And, and frankly, there's nothing wrong with that approach, but what, where a lot of otherwise very smart investors get into trouble is that they extrapolate probably seemingly conservatively, Mm. but from very high levels and not assuming any sort of wobbles. So Mm. when, when something comes along and it's always unexpectedly, all of a sudden those assumptions look way off and what seemed like good value ends up being very, very highly priced. So what I'm saying is it's not to jump at shadows or to worry about, you know, be chicken little and always worrying that the sky is falling. Mm. But I think it's very smart to assume that something is going to happen and invest with that as a very distinct possibility. It, It is, it is about being for, for, armed, mm. um, by being, um, for want, for want. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's true. Look, I, I, you know, I actually don't think that's true. I would still choose not to take that view, but I, I appreciate and understand and respect your, your view where I would come some way towards your view is on a company by company basis where there are specific companies that are not so much immune to, oh, sorry, not, not trying to guess the cycle necessarily, yeah. but if you think about a cyclical company, a company that sells, um, building materials is a great one, right? When yep. there's a housing boom on, building materials companies are going to sell a truckload of, of, of masonry. Mm. In in a bus, they're going to sell nothing because no one's going to be building houses. Now, you don't. I wouldn't try and work out when or where, how big, how small those booms and busts are. Mm. What I would say, though, is if I'm buying a company, and back to the PE you talked about last week, think about how much you pay for those companies. You want to know roughly, is this a peak level of earnings, a trough level of earnings, somewhere in between? Right, right. Because you might be paying 10 times earnings, but that earnings is once in a century, super high, mm. and it falls and never hits that level again, yep. then you're paying a level, a multiple earnings that isn't sustainable. So looking through the cycle is what I would try and do. Rather than predicting the cycle and worrying about where the cycle is, I'm going to look at a company and say, All right, over the cycle, mm. the average earnings is X, and use that as the base case when I come to my valuation. Yeah, that's kind of what, I don't know if you're disagreeing with me there. I, I, that's kind of what I'm, I'm basically saying, is, is expecting that kind of stuff and then working forward from that assumption. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I don't really care or even try and think about when that might happen. I guess I, I don't look at the current current price and and have a view on that relative to the cycle. Mm. It's more just to say the on an earnings level specifically, I'm trying to work out the cyclical earnings rather than the price or the value of the market or any of that sort of stuff. I'm very fond of quoting Mr. Howard Marks, who's one of the best investors in the world as far as I'm concerned and in history. And he talks a lot about sort of macro. He's, he's a bond investor. And, and, and he, he Bond? Talk- James, James Bond. Bond. Yeah. We, we've done that bit. No, it, it wasn't good <laughs> it's then. Good every time. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. I like. Um, I think we also made, made. There's something about undies in there. Dude, as well. We're doing this for nothing. If I don't get some enjoyment out of it, I'm just not. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. All right. All right. And he talks about he talks in, in this idea of um, the macro. He says that yes, it's important. Yes, mm. but but yes, you can't predict it. But mm. you you don't have to know where you're going. But you mm. can get real value in knowing where you are. 
And what he's really saying is if you take, start from the, the standpoint that things do move in cycles and we can see, mm. you've just, you've just given us a whole bunch of reasons as to why things are doing really, really well right now. Mm. And we look at, we, we look at things such as the, the debt cycle. Well, we're probably at, well, who knows if we're at the very top, who knows if we go, but we're up, we're up there. We, we, we can look at things in such a, uh, just brought more broadly the economic cycle. I mean, mm. 27 years without a recession, we sort mm. of, we're, we're up there and you know, you, you name it and that we are, we are riding really, really well. And, mm. and generally speaking, it's going to be far harder to improve from here than it is going to um, uh, get worse from here. So there is there is an asymmetry when you look out for, for 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 the person to expect things to get even better to any material degree and for any sustained length of time is, is just a probabilistically a more difficult proposition than saying look at at some stage you know, the, the economy and markets are all about a case of always going up in the long term, but it's two steps forward, it's one step backwards. I always feel better when I'm disagreeing with you. I'm happy to continue disagreeing with you and Mr. Marks because okay. you're exactly right about where we are right now. But anyone could have made, in fact, people were making that case right back as far as 2008. They're waiting for the double dip. Yeah, recession. totally, totally, totally. And so, but, 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 I know oh, you're going to say, go. I know you're going to say. All right. So, I'm, I mean, and I've already ranted on the stupidity of, you know, moving everything wholesale to gold or, or going into cash. And I'm not saying that. Yes. But I am saying that you can structure things in a way in which, in which you are still participating in, in, any latent upside that there may be, mm. but you have a fairly robust portfolio of assets that should something go wrong, you are, you are going to be better protected than most. And so there's nothing wrong with t shifting more to a, a, a more defensive stance, I would, I would argue. Um, I think there's certainly some value in, in making sure that your investments aren't all highly co correlated to the one um, economy. So a lot of the stuff that we've done with Dividend Investor lately, we've got companies that are earning a good deal of their money offshore. Uh, they happen to be in more defensive industries. Again, it's not because I think that, you know, the recession is going to arrive at one point, but should it, should it happen, we're very well placed. And if it doesn't happen, well, actually they're pretty decent businesses anyway, trading at attractive valuations. So we're still okay. So I think, so I think there's a subtlety there. Mostly because I want to get the second half of this podcast and let you get on, except to say, I think that's an example of diversification, not of trying to forecast or understand the macroeconomic environment necessarily. In yes. other words, if you're, beating, if you're picking market-beating companies, mm. that's the point. And you can do that and should do that right through the cycle rather than trying to work out where exactly in the cycle we are or we might be. Mm. You could have made that exact decision and um, picked those same companies in 2005, 2007, 2009, 2012, 2017 yeah. and been equally right regardless of whether you had a view on the, on the cycle or the economy or not. Yes. but I, uh, I'm right again. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. I'll let you have that one. Well, actually, let's... let's let, let, you, you can't. You can't, can you? Uh, I, I, well, okay. I'm going to. So <laughs> I think one... It's come up a lot and it's such, such a great example for it is the banks. Right. Um, you know, the banks are a very cyclical um, uh, uh, sector. Yes. Uh, cyclical well, Allegedly. We haven't seen much of it in the last 25 years, but we know that Well, true. they are cyclical, just the cycle hasn't gone down. <laughs> so the cycle has only been going up. And, and I think that that blind... In fact, there, there is a very significant part of the investment community who in their working lives have not experienced a recession. That's absolutely true. So, you know, you, you can look at it and say, over the long term, banks always do well. Actually, that is true in Australia. They no have always done well. 42 has actually worked through a recession. Well, I am 43 this year, my friend, and I have, I have never experienced a recession in my working I'm life. I'm 25, so that's good to know. <laughs> um, uh, and, 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 and so what I'm saying is, mm. is and then I, I've stood away from them. Now, mm -hmm. has that done me any favors? Well, 
actually they haven't really run away in any way, shape, or form. Right? They, they, they're not because they. I think that's it's becoming a more pervasive view. So there's not mm. really been mm. any opportunity cost there. But it's also one I'm very comfortable with because if there is any kind of wobble, these guys are going to do particularly bad. In my in my humble view, that that is the lesson of history yep. and the lesson that's of true. global peers and the rest of it. Yes. So so yes, I hear what you're saying, but I've still been fully invested and we've still gone okay. It's just that we've avoided those areas that should it have happened, we would have been much better protected. And if and, and I. I maintain that stance as well because there is as i'm fond of saying a huge asymmetry in terms of your potential return we muddle along and everything stays okay mm, tiny bit of upside there's a bit of a wobble there's a huge amount of downside that is not an attractive bet shall we move on let's move on all right get more motley full money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple m get swift oh god now, can we go back to the last one? Uh, get Swift. If it, let me I'll set the scene here. Uh, a lot of people listening to this will know exactly what I'm talking about, but for those that don't, um, we, we need a little bit of a summary, a bit of a preamble. These guys are a technology company. They've got a bit of software that helps um, uh, companies with their logistics. Um, if that sounds pretty vague, well, that's about as specific as the company itself has gotten on a lot of things. Anyway, it's a company that just went from strength to strength to strength in terms of its share price. Mm -hmm. Shares just just continued to go up. I don't even know what they started at. It was, I want to say like 50 cents or something, even less. And they got to $4 plus mm. at mm. one stage. They they announced a lot of exciting deals, but there was no detail around those deals. Yep. Um, uh, there was a huge potential. Things like Amazon were mentioned. A whole bunch of other stuff were mentioned. Mm -hmm. and, and the market got very, very, very excited. Then, so these shares results 45 cents. There you go, 45 Back cents. in March last year, you got to $4.60 right. in December. And they raised some year. capital. They raised about $100 million at the top. They asked them, we'll sell you some more shares at this price, and you give us a bunch of cash. That's impressive story. actually masterstroke, frankly, right. from, from, a, from a Machiavellian standpoint. And, and, but when I look at the share price today, and as you said, we've pre-recorded this, and this thing is moving so fast <laughs> yeah, that a right. hundred things may have happened since we've done this. Yes. Shares are now back below 50 cents. Yes. And there was a expose in the AFR and the Australian Financial Review saying, mm -hmm. basically, look, a lot of these contracts are not earning any money yep. whatsoever. Um, the company is wildly overvalued, et cetera, et cetera. And things have, and now there's actually a class action that has been launched because they have not fully informed the market. They were in suspension. Allegedly for, not fully informed the market. Sorry, allegedly. Yeah. Um, shares were in suspension just, just for a while. They've hired, they've hired, um, help in terms of like looking at their past reporting and their processes and all Price of that. Price Coopers have been called in to audit the company. And, and to me, it is a fascinating story because there is lessons to be had. You, and I'll get into those reasons in a moment, <laughs> but you, you seem to roll your eyes when Get Swift is mentioned. I just, you know, I've got to say, I, I really struggle. This is a corporate soap opera of sorts. I think the whole focus on it is a waste of time, effort, money, energy, when we frankly could be going doing much more important things, finding the next winners of tomorrow, looking for, looking for bigger, better ideas, um, not getting distracted by what kind of has become a bit of a soap opera, a bit of a, a core celeb amongst a few of us. Um, we get way, way, way overexcited about this stuff. I think it's probably best just left alone, quite frankly. Uh, I, I, there's a spectrum. On one hand, it's completely ignored. At the other end, it's, it's, it's obsessively focused on. Right. And I think both are wrong. But I, I do think that as an investor, there are, there are 
case studies that come up all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to be able to invest in Enron, but there's a hell of a lot as an investor I can learn from the Enron saga. Lessons that I can apply when making future investment decisions. And I think that there are yes. lessons in terms of the Get Swift side. So you're right. You don't want to obsess. We're not going to spend a huge amount of time on it because it is Excellent. a very small cap company, very small part of the market. But this thing just got attention. It was getting regular um, pieces written up in the press. You look at any kind of investment forum that was out there, there was a million people pumping this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 the, and a lot of a lot of retail, a, 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 a lot of hundred, right? a lot of retail investors are going to get very, very, very burnt from all of this. Some retail investors, um, well, you know, some. Well, I, I, <laughs> there is a lot of pain that's caused that, and I think I I don't want to. I don't. Uh, yeah, I think it's a relatively small community of people. Is my is my broader point. I don't want. I don't blow this up out of proportion. Is my concern. Uh, yeah, uh, look, it's not going to. It's not going to derail the economy. What's happened here? I, 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 I agree with you there. Yes. So, so but a lot of people will lose a lot of money. You're right. Yeah, a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money, and so what went wrong here? Well, I would say that the one lesson that we can take going forward is that beware the highly promotional company. Yep. The company that shows you the, the PowerPoint presentation with the size of the market, and if only they can get four or 5% <laughs> of that, yeah. they're going to make millions of dollars. Now, I want to say too, very quickly to interrupt, uh, we need to be very careful here. These are, these are allegations made against the company and may be proven false. Sure. So I'm not suggesting this is necessarily an open and shut case where these lessons are as a result of anything the company's done wrong. But from the from a share price perspective, from an investor perspective, the rise and fall does present some of these. I'm going to say that they have done stuff wrong, not from a legal standpoint, but from a best practice standpoint. And as a board of a company, your job is to represent shareholders. That's what the board is there for. Mm -hmm. And what you want to do is ensure that shareholders are informed as best as possible, as much as you'd like to be informed if you're on the other side of the fence here. So all of this, com this company has made a whole, and again, nothing, I'm not alleging anything illegal, but they're saying we've won a contract with uh, Amazon. We don't, right. we, we, and there's, there's no financial detail around that. We've won a contract with that. And again, with Commonwealth Bank, and there's not a lot of, and then when things change, that is not brought to market. So we, as it's turned out, all this pressure has forced them to make some disclosures. Yep. One of them being that of all of the contracts they said they've won, half are in what they've called pre-revenue phase, which yep. is just a fancy way of saying, we're not making any money from these contracts. And again, we're not saying they're doing anything wrong as in illegal, improper, inappropriate, just they could have done a better job of keeping the market in They have only spoken about the positive. They have not presented it in a balanced way, shape or form. And we prefer when, to do that, When right? people have made um, assumptions, they have not done anything to dissuade those assumptions. And and so again, I'm not, uh, not to make it about mm -hmm. Get Swift, but when you are looking at a company and, yep. and generally this is more often in the small cap space and you're seeing this kind of stuff. You, you, narratives are really important when companies are, are yet to make, um, any meaningful financial headway yep. and it's important, right? I mean, every company needs a good story to attract capital to prosecute their business strategy. I get it, but, but you need to, human nature is such that you are, you, you, you are going to have a very, and greed particularly, going to have a very strong <laughs> desire to believe. And I say this having succumbed to it myself, where you want to believe because right, if only right. it's half true, there's, a lot of money to be there's made, right? so much money to be made. Right. And so there is a very, very, very good case to be, to hold a, a healthy degree of skepticism. And yeah. I've, I've mentioned to you, but you're, you are fond of disagreeing with me. <laughs> and and that's, mate, that's, that's why true. I love you. Listeners, it is, listeners would it know is. that. It, it, I, I value that far more than anything else because it is... It is you say that's the best thing about me? It is the best thing about Jeez, you. Thanks, from, dude. No, well, from an investment standpoint, <laughs> it is. I, 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 you, you need to people to, to, to challenge that view and you need to challenge what the company is saying, not because you just want to be difficult like maybe you are sometimes, mm. But, mm. but because you want to, you want to make sure that, that you've got a, your head around 
What, someone famous once said, and I forget who it was, you need to be able to understand and articulate the bear case far better than the bears themselves. If you can't do that, you shouldn't be investing in it. So even though you might like corporate travel management, which, you, which you waxed lyrical on last week for good reason, mm -hmm. if I was to say, well, if I, what could go wrong with it? You need to be able to say, well, look, the people who don't like it, don't like it because of this, 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 and this. Right. And you need, you need to own that and to take that extraordinarily seriously. Right. So I guess this is a very long winded roundabout way of saying that when you see highly promotional companies, you know, make sure that you can get to some, some cold, hard facts to support your case. Make sure that you see the alternate viewpoint, because if you don't, you're going to be like many unfortunate get swift shareholders and you are going to get in trouble. Very good. Mate, that's all we've got time for. Really? I'm sleeping at the moment in the US, so I've got to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, mate, a nice, short and sweet one this week. Um, <laughs> we'll be back with more next week. Though, we, we we'll make it up by going <laughs> three times over length next week. <laughs> if only that wasn't true. If only it wasn't true. All right. Thanks very much. Remember, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast through iTunes and your favorite Android podcast app. And, and if you, you like should. what we're doing, please give us a five, <laughs> fat five-star rating at iTunes and go. tell your friends. Remember, you can also go to fool.com.au forward slash Triple M. Until next week. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.